Welcome to another episode of Baggers Chat. My name is Mitch Pattinson, and as always, I'm joined by Ethan Daffy. And of course, today is the big clash: Tarleton v Gold Coast at the MCG. <laughs> Daffy boy, what a what an absolute blockbuster! Um, of course, round fourteen this this week, um, Sunday, eighteenth of June, um, one ten at the MCG. I'm expecting a absolute maximum. Uh, capacity of uh, 23,000 supporters at the MCG, Daffy Boy. No, mate, to be serious, um, it should be a solid game because Gold Coast are in quite good form. But once again, it's another chance for us to see if we can see some sort of a rejuvenation from our players. But Daffy Boy, how are you, mate? No, I'm good, mate. I'm good. Um, no, I'll be, it's, I think it's a fit. Well, it is the first time I've the Gold Coast at the MCG. Um, obviously, we've only versed them at Marvel and been kind of mixed against the Gold Coast. They've never been a team we really like to play, I don't think. Um, in the past, obviously, it's led to a few sackings, I reckon, it's especially um, Ratten getting sacked in 2012. That, uh, I think losing to them, I think they finished on the bottom and that was their third win of the season or something. And they beat us over there, and that's when the whole uh club went to shambles, I think. Um, probably that point obviously led to the whole Mick Malthouse fucking. Uh, bringing him in and ruin our club. So, uh, no, I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying that, but um, I was thinking about, you know, the footy season when it's done, it feels like such a long wait. So people are already thinking about next year, but I think right now you've just got to enjoy your footy, try and enjoy the footy for the next 10 weeks and see what happens because you never know. But, you know, I feel like, you know, during that cricket season that, and you get, get to about Jan, you go, geez, I just want the footy to start. Mm. Well, we're in footy season right now. So try, obviously it's hard to enjoy while we're, you know, playing pretty poorly, but um, just got to try and, you know, rock up to games and get excited. Spot on. So, I mean, of course there is an extra round in the season. So I think there's, I think from now there is 10 games left in the season yeah. that for us, of course, in, um, not including the buy because I think we have our buy next week, of course. Where is yeah. the week after? Yeah. So next no, week. Next week yeah. yeah. And then we play Hawthorne. So, is there? Are you saying there's some sort of a uh, <laughs> some sort of a chance, Daffy Boy, of the finals uh, of, of the Blue Baggers being seen in the finals, Daffy Boy? No, no, I'm ruling that. I'm ruling that out. Um, <laughs> yeah. nah. and you know, we, we'll say this just before we get to win eight or nine games, probably nine, yeah. really to really make it this year. But um, it just frustrates me. We've picked the wrong year to be bad. Because I think if we yeah. played the way last year, we'd be making the eight. Easily, because I think teams are dropping a lot of games around that, you know, eight to eleven kind of area with like Freo and Geelong and teams around there, especially Adelaide as well. They can't win a game away, but they win every yeah. game at home. Because um, I feel last year it was quite a little, a little bit more tighter up at the top. Um, but of course, this year we're um, playing putridly and we're um, rivaling the likes of uh, North Melbourne and West Coast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, yeah well, like as you said because even last year when we if we were to beat Collingwood I think we would have played them in the elimination final the week after or something to do with it was a draw it was a draw yes that's right yes so and then if we were to win we would have played Brisbane in the elimination final I think it was something like that Um, which is unbelievable to think about because like now, probably the four genuine teams this year are Collingwood, Port Adelaide, Melbourne, and Brisbane, and they're the top four. And behind that, it's St Kilda, Essendon, Adelaide, Western Bulldogs, Geelong, Fremantle. And 
there's not yeah. there's not a whole lot there and also there's not a whole lot between I mean there is quite a distance between third place and even like a seventh place. I mean say last year, this time last year, if the yeah. ninth place team they would if they were to win, they could have had a chance for top four. Like that's how the season was kind of playing out. Um, but yeah, like as you said, I think it's just another um, I think right now we kind of have nothing to play for, but we, we also do because we have to save our coach. Yep. Um, Always. And, and yeah, and then I think um I think I'll show the clip of um of David King just quickly. Um and I understand that when if you just want to look at the win loss sheet, which in the end is the thing that hires and fires, I, I get that. But if that's all you're looking at, then you're going to bounce around and, and change with the breeze every two weeks. I, I think you've got to be better than that. I think you've got to look deeper than that. If, you, if you're going to come in on the game, actually invest in, in, in what's happening. What, what he created, Vossi, and his job, in my opinion, game day, is to create the, the method, the opportunity to win that given game of footy. So a lot of things go into that. Selection, the tinkering of your your standard plan, to have a plan that, that can win your games and to make adjustments along the way. So in the end, whether you like it or not, Michael Voss created a team that won 17 more contested possessions, uh, won three more around the ground clearances and 15 more inside 50s than their opposition. Now, I don't know what more you can do than that. Um, and I, I completely agree with what he was saying because I reckon he is doing his job game day. He's going... He's, giving their players the opportunity to go out and do their role, but they're just not fulfilling their role. They're not doing their role. They aren't converting with their disposal. They're not converting with their scoring shots. So I completely agree with what David King's saying. I am now starting to believe that the problem isn't the coach. Um, as I've always said, that the stats don't lie. And we're pretty much getting the opportunities to go like, yes, we aren't kicking great. And that might rely on the coaches, but also if we're kicking six goals, 16, um, that with what we saw last week, that's not like we are getting the right shots of goal. It's just yeah. and whether and whether it is down to we're taking too many shots from outside fifty and bombing them, bombing them inside fifty. There's one side of the spectrum where it's that's the player's choice to go for the goal, or it's the other side of the spectrum where the coaches are saying if you're outside fifty, you go for goal. But they wouldn't be saying that. That's a thing. So it's it's just very unclear and I'm very frustrated about how we're into round 14 and we still don't, and we aren't clear about whether the problem is the players or the coach. And when right now we should be in contention for finals um, and even contending for a premiership. So just before we move on to any lines and any potential inclusions, Daffy Boy, we'll just touch on a few um, names that might be brought back into the side this week. So of course, Nick Newman is expected to come back this week. Um, I think he's I think he's back to full training this week. So he's a test for this week, of course. Um, George Hewitt is all but a lock to come back into the team this week. Of course, concussion last week. He was expected to come back last week, but of course he had an extra week off just because of that really bad hit. Um, probably a little bit of precautionary. So I think uh, they just went the safe way and, um, and, and gave George Hewitt the extra week. Um, so he should be available. Um, Mark Pittnett with his hand injury, I reckon he should 100% be a lock for this week. He was even brought in last week, but he was, of course, a laid out for Jack Silvani last week, so he should be brought in. Um, Jack Carroll back into full training this week. I think he will be available, but I assume he would um, come back into the VFL, try and find some form, and maybe we might see him in the senior side towards the end of the season. Um, Sam Durden is back into full training, which is a guy that 
um, that might be a potential inclusion for one of our key defenders, Duffy Boy. And of course, our last one, um, Caleb Marchbank, Akel Soreness, he'll be available after the buy. So um, I think that's a bit more of a managed sort of um, injury just because he's been smashed with injuries and it might not be uh, extremely serious, but it's just a bit of a precautionary as well. So out of those names, Duffy Boy, um, who do you think, just to touch on a few, um, is there any names that are pretty much a lock for you to come back into the side and um, how important would they be if you were to bring it back in? Yeah, there's there's obviously three names there at the top. Uh, oh, four names. No, three. Three, sorry. Um, with Newman, um, Hewitt and Pitto, I think they're pretty important for us um, if we want to actually attack the back end of the year. But for me, I think I think a lot of it isn't always down to personnel. Um, it's it, as a as a team, I think every single player is probably underperforming. So, um, whether you play, you know, bloody Dom McHughy or someone else, it doesn't really matter because they're all just playing under. You know, they're under the underperforming. None of them are playing to their level or above. So, um, I think you know, for us, it's more of a team thing, but also individually, um, just not good enough. But it's good to see um Sammy Dirds um fit again because I. Th- I've been saying in the last couple of weeks he would be playing at AFL level. It's pretty unlucky, you know, he's been injured during this time because I think um, especially Lewis Young has been under the pump um, down back there and especially on the weekend. That was uh, hard to watch at times. So, no, it was good to see, good to see them back and uh, Marchi, just the usual uh, soreness. Oh, isn't that isn't that just shocking? Like I didn't even know about that injury, and then I, I was yeah. kind of doing some stuff through the week, um, through the um week, uh, um, on the weekend. I was like, no, surely he has another injury. But as I said, I think it's a little bit more precaution, just because it's obviously not extremely bad because it's ankle soreness. So that might yeah. be one or two weaker. But usually, if it's an ankle soreness, he'll be back next week. So yeah. I think kind of taking the safe side, just because. Caleb Marchbank probably won't play for the senior team for probably next month, even if he is to play in the VFL. So um, I think he just needs to get his body right. I think he needs to have at least uh, a month of football in the VFL, have that um, time in the VFL, have that confidence in his body to get himself back into the senior side. And if he's performing well enough, to me, he comes straight back in because he was like, even towards the start of the season, I was saying if March is fit, he's almost a lock for our best 22. Like a few years ago, 2018, 2019, he was a lock. And of like obviously the list is a lot different from there, um, from then. So um, yeah, so I think Marchie just hopefully he can get fit because he's pretty much playing for his career right now. Cause if he can't get his body up, like a lot of names out there um in our list, I don't think um they'll be on the senior side, um, on the senior list next year. So just a question on Sam Durden before we move on to our potential inclusions. Um he's back into full training, of course, this week a bit of a sneak peek for our potential inclusions. Would you bring in Sam Durden this week and take out Lewis Young, Dappy Boy? No, well, based off um, kind of past guys coming from injury, um, unless they're like a Walsh or a um, higher quality player, they usually give him a week or two in the two. So I think, I think he'll play twos, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. So, of course, we'll move on. You didn't really give me much of a sneak peek, Daffy Boy. So, we'll <laughs> move on to the potential inclusions. Daff, you can start us off, mate. <laughs> I was um, keeping a little bit uh, up until uh, my time came here. But um, now, my inclusions for this weekend are um, Pitto, Cunners, Hewitt, and Newman. 
into the side and dropped Jesse Motlock, Matthew Kennedy, Jordan Boyd, and Ed Kerno. Wow. And the sub, and the sub will be Paddy Dow. Yep. Wow. And Okay, I'll just go through the, the omissions. Yep. Um, Motlock, got to be playing twos. Um, not good enough currently. Matt Kennedy. That's talked a big one. About, talked about it with my brother I and mean, my mum the other day. Uh, mum loves him. Loves a bit of Bam Bam. Um, Kennedy, but she was saying, you know, she she's not usually the type to uh, kind of bag the, her, her favourite kind of players, but um, he has not been good all year at all. I know early he kind of had that wrist thing or he's – no, he's calf, sorry. He had that calf thing probably round two and three, mm-hmm. uh, calf tightness where he was out for a few weeks, but he just looks like the Kennedy of before 2022. Looks really slow, um, and that's really shown – um, where our kind of midfield's at at the minute in terms of pace. Yeah. Um, I'm not really sure what he's kind of providing us right now because he was part of the ball last year. Um, but now he's he's looking a bit more of a kind of fringe player mm-hmm. at the minute, Yeah. which I hate to say, but because um, we did pick him up as a rookie, uh, like we got him and then um, we re-signed him as a rookie yeah. to save his career. Yeah. Um, then he obviously had a great year last year, which led to us re-signing him, but uh, I think he just needs, you know, a few weeks in the twos and rack up some touches because I know he can. Uh, Jordan Boyd, um, I'm liking the way he's using the ball um, by foot, but I just feel like impacting defensively hasn't been good enough, yeah. um, especially with the Essendon's kind of smalls and mids rotating through there. Um, he was playing on a few of them, maybe like Menzi and a few of those guys, and it just didn't seem like they really had to impact our small defenders. So... Uh, he obviously makes way for Newman, and then obviously Ed Kerno. Uh, um, he's been in our omissions probably for the last few weeks, and uh, he's staying around the cockroach, but he can't be killed. But um, <laughs> and, and, and sub obviously um, Paddy Dow. I think I like him as a sub, but yeah. but really not not Strad. I think we'll struggle there on the weekend. Hopefully not. Fingers crossed. But yeah. if we are, just chuck him in there at half time. Stop waiting. What are we waiting for? Yeah, well, we waited too long. I think he needed to come in at halftime on the weekend against Essendon because I think we dominated that first half and we just needed a bit more energy heading yeah. into that third quarter to really stamp our, you know, authority on the game. And we didn't. Comes on the last quarter, game's already over. So yeah. what's really the point of that? Yeah, completely spot on. Um, I'll just quickly just touch on my ends. Mine will be the exact same. Um, Cunners, Newman, Pitnett and George Hewitt are all in for mine. Very stiff on Dow because I reckon if Hewitt wasn't fit, we don't know if he's going to come in 100%. Yep. Um, but I think George Hewitt is an absolute lock if he was to come back in. Um, and very stiff on Dow just because I think he was quite solid last week. He had a bit of um, um, that little bit of ignition, I guess, where he kind of was igniting the club in um, the team in a sense. Um, and he was playing for his life. Like he, he, he had that mentality where he was willing to put his body on the line because he knew that if he didn't, that, like that contest, he may have been out the next week and, never seen in Navy Blue again. So he's pretty much playing for his AFL career. So I like that about him. Um, if he's not sub and Ed Kerno is sub this week, I don't know what I'm going to do about the club. Um, so, <laughs> so I think I think Paddy Dow is a lock if George Hewitt was to come in. So if George Hewitt isn't in, I reckon Paddy Dow has to stay in. because. Um, but my outs were a little bit different. So Jesse Motlop, completely agree. Um, Ed Kerno, completely agree. But my two, my last two were a little bit different. So... I'm dropping Mitch McGovern. 
Um, okay. I'm just a bit over it. I'm just about over him not having much impact. Yes, he might have the odd um, kick where he kind of changes the, the angles, but he doesn't do it enough. Um, he gets enough of the footy, but he doesn't have enough impact with, with the football. And that's his role. He's that intercepting defender and he needs to do more with his disposal. Um, and I just think that he's just not impacting the contest enough, especially for an experienced player. Um, we spoke um, actually on the weekend about how he's only played his 100th game and he's been around in the AFL system for a very long time. So whether that was down to Adelaide, um, not really playing him much as a um, as a rookie. And then when he came over to us, he's been very um, injury prone. So um, yeah, I'm just about over Mitch McGovern. So I think uh, he's going to be admitted this week if I was the coach. And of course, my last one, Jack Silvani. Um, I don't think if Pitnet was to come in, um, I don't think Silvani keeps his spot. Um, and yep. whether you play Silvani as a sub, I'm not too sure. Um, yeah. I don't think Silvani will keep his spot if Pitnet, TDK are both in. Um, just because I, I think, especially with Jack Martin, he was quite solid last week and I hope he stays in again because yeah. I think he um, had a bit of an impact, especially when he was in the forward line. Um, yeah. You were saying something, Daffy Boy? Sorry. No, no, he was really good. I yeah. thought um, Jack Martin was good. I th- obviously, we had to bring him off because he's on managed minutes, but I wish he actually stayed on a little bit more because uh, yeah. he was he was looking good. And we've been saying it for so long, he just needs to get out of the park, Jack Martin. Yeah, so yes, if you can put together ten weeks uninterrupted, yeah. could really build in the next year strong. Yep, completely agree. And he is that guy that has the potential to be that fridge role because yep. we've been crying yep. for this all year. Even when we started yeah. playing shit, we've been crying out for this mm. all year where we need that mid forward role. Um, and we might just quickly just touch on it actually. So, of course, we're kind of transitioning into next year and what we might bring in. We, of course, we will touch on um on all that with trade period and stuff, but. Jay Gresham is a bit of a player that might come into the side and whether that is a player that might come in as that, maybe that fruit roll, I think he's a little bit smaller than that. Um, it's going to be very in- um, interesting to see what happens with what we do with this forward line, whether it's we play that those um, three small forwards as as those fleas and Gresham in as that mid forward role. I'm not too sure. Um, but yeah, I think um, I think it was Sam McClure that reported and saying that he's very likely to join the club next year for two, uh, season 2024. So, um, of course, we'll just touch on the uh, the lines for the uh, preview. So, of course, to start off with the back line, it's our defenders up against Gold Coast key forwards. So, of course, it's Ben King and very um, up and coming, very good key forwards. So, I rate him very highly. Uh, Jack Lukosius as well is a guy that's kind of been shifted a lot around his career. Um, he's been a bit in the back line, a bit in the forward line, and of course in the wing. Um, so I think he's finally found his home in the forward line. And of course, uh, the, uh, <laughs> the big man, uh, the guy that's a former blue, uh, a former cult hero, of course, uh, Levi Casbolt is down there. So um, expecting Jacob Weidering and also Lewis Young to stay in um, and also some small, um, small defenders down there up against their small forwards, just to name a few, um, I think a Nick Holman comes to mind as well. Of course, a former blue. Um, but Daffy Boy, who, who do you think um, might go to these sorts of players, um, especially since they have quite a few tall forwards down there with also Wits maybe going down there to rest as that um, forward ruck? Yeah, it's, uh, I'll start off on Levi. Um, he's, <laughs> <laughs> I think he was, obviously I called uh, Ed Kerner the cockroach before. He just can't be killed off. I think Casbolt was like that for about five or six years, but I was talking about it the other day. 
Gee, I would die for him right now as that second rack. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my. Yeah. Oh, my. Like, it was almost a bad, like, oh, I hate to say it, but you look at it now, we almost got a little bit ahead of ourselves in terms of TDK's development. And you go him and Pitto, you go Pitto and the ruck and Casbolt can play forward. Yeah. And he, can go and he was yeah. a good ruckman. Yeah. Like, he, he'd be a decent, he's a great get for the Gold Coast, in my opinion. Mm. I think he was, um, you know, obviously King was out last year and it was him and Chol um, running a muck up there. So, um, obviously, Chol's been in kind of not great form and he's been playing twos. So, uh, it's been very, very interesting. But for me, yeah. I think it matchups. Matchups will be very interesting. Interesting. I think Casbolt probably probably weeders with Casbolt and then um, King with Young, and uh, it's going to be a big, big performance from Young if he wants to keep his spot. Yeah, he's going to have to keep King to nothing, or yeah. just little impact. It's going to be hard to keep him to nothing. But and Lacocious, I'd imagine you know based off your omissions, it probably would be have to be Kemp. I think it will be Kemp as well. So. Yeah. Um, and like you say, they've got those guys running through like Holman and, and another ex-Blue and um, a few other guys. Like, they've always got these makeshift midfielders that just go forward and it's like, yeah. who the hell are these guys? And they're kicking <laughs> it off. Um, yeah, Alex Sexton, you know, he never plays it. He's always in and out of the team, but he always kicks six when he's in the team and he gets dropped somehow. I actually rate him very highly. And yeah. I think we talked a few years ago coming in as a uh, small forward. So, um, no, it's a big, big opportunity for our defenders and, being able to, you know, bounce back from a not a great defensive display. I know, you know, Essendon didn't score that much really, but you know, I think it's wasn't their greatest display, especially in that third quarter. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in that third quarter. Well, that's probably the one probably lapse, I guess, that came to mind where we just allowed them to keep I think it was four goals straight in that third quarter. Um, maybe five. Like just unbelievable. Like six. Um, six in wait, so six yeah. straight. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Isn't oh, it? See, I don't know if it was straight, but they kicked six, definitely. Yeah. So six in that third quarter. Yep. That see, see, that's what we used to do last year, but attacking it. <laughs> like we used to kick five or six goals a quarter. That's that's what's been missing this this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. and you touch on there about um about the midfielders that's, that's kind of gone forward. And I think Ainsworth is another one who's been really yes. good this year. Yep. Um, so I think he's probably the one of the guys down there that um that can transition forward. But as you said, ever since they lost Rankin. They haven't really gotten a small forward, a genuine no. forward down there. So, and they've been doing pretty well with just the, with the twin towers or should I say triple towers down there. <laughs> so I think it's, it's pretty good. But um, so just a question before we move on to the midfield, um, yep. who who do you think, I mean, assuming the, the two key forwards down there that our key, key backs will go to young and weeders. Who goes to King and who goes to Casbolt? Because they're both very similar, but both very different as well. So who do you think will take um, Casbolt and who do you think will take King? Yeah, Weeders, Weeders to Casbolt and then obviously uh, Youngy to King, I think. They're kind of similar size, him and Youngy, I think. Obviously, Youngy's yeah. a lighter frame. And obviously, I just don't, I can't watch Young on Casbolt. Yeah. Uh, just size-wise, you'll throw him around like a ragdoll. So yeah. uh, I think uh, Weedering will take uh, Rock the Casbolt. Yeah, <laughs> spot on. So we'll move <laughs> on to the, to the midfield, of course. As we do every single week, we touch on three mid- midfielders from our end and three midfielders from the Gold Coast end. So, of course, our midfielders who need to step up this week, my word. And actually, before we move on to anything else, there's been a bit of a rumour through the club about Patrick Cripps, about a potential injury. I don't know if you've seen it, Daffy Boy. 
but I saw this rumor on this page, and I don't know if it's absolute BS uh-huh. or not, but apparently Patrick Cripps has been playing with an ankle brace, and he's been playing it ever since the Sydney game when he injured his ankle, and he hasn't, and, and he's played yeah. with an ankle brace since then. So if that is true, I don't. There's there's no proof. There's no reporting from any legit journalists. It's just rumors. And that's why he's been performing very badly. Daff, what's your thoughts on that before we touch on the midfield? You're playing with, if you're out there, you're good enough to play. Yeah. Uh, simple as that. Just play well, Crips. Stop giving him excuses. Yeah, spot on. I completely agree. <laughs> uh, no, no, but that's the thing. Like, he, it, it, and if he's choosing to go out there and say, nah, I'm good enough with a, with a ankle fucking brace, then. <laughs> No, but seriously, like no, like yeah, that's when yeah. we we say no, we're not we're we're not accepting that. So, of course, our midfield: Patrick Cripps, Sam Walsh. God, he needs to step up this week. Adam Chera, who has been uh, Mister Consistent uh, by far, our best player for the season, up against Matty Rao, who's been who's had a super season this year. Um, alongside Noah Anderson, who who also has had a great season as well, and also Braden Fiorini, um, a guy that we were in talks with a couple of years ago, of course, but um. But yeah, they are three pretty good midfielders from their end. Um, and just to name a few, also at Davies as well, and also at David Swallow that might go through. But I think he's injured actually, Swallow. So um I don't think he's gonna play. Um, but I'm not too sure about that. But um yeah, from their midfielders and also from our midfielders as well, Daffy Boy, who goes to who? And from their end, who's the big threat? Oh, I think I think matchups is now issue. I think um, it's the way we use the well, getting the balls no issue at all yeah. any week of this season, which is why it's so frustrating. Mm. Um, I think it's more their impact because like, I know everyone goes, you know, numbers are numbers, but Jesus, Walsh's numbers on the weekend were not actually too bad. Fifteen <laughs> kicks, twenty handballs, like Jesus yeah. Christ. Uh, but then he's made his gain three hundred fifty five. So mm. um, that just shows you. But obviously. 35 is pretty decent. He just needs to start to, um, you know, impact the scoreboard and impact going forward. I just feel like we're we're too happy to go back. And I think it starts with our leaders. It starts with our leaders, uh, Sam Doherty, especially. Uh, his reflex motion is to go backwards, which is unbelievable. But um, with it, with their midfield, oh, I think uh, Matty Rowell and Anderson are the perfect duo for the Suns. Um, they'll be there forever. Uh, I don't see them moving. Mm. Um, they're best mates, and I think it's a perfect uh, package. I like watching the Suns. Yeah, I actually like watching the Suns um, when they're when they're going. They've started to win some games they were losing last year. Um, you know, sometimes that they'd be they put a three quarter effort in and die out in the last, but they've won a few good games. Obviously, winning the last two, the Dogs and um, Adelaide over in uh, Darwin. So, two big wins for them, and another big match for them. This really can get them going because I think they had the bye last week. They can get above some teams and almost get to the eight. Yeah. We're talking Gold Coast in the eight, which is good mm. for the competition in my opinion. But hopefully they uh, have a little bit of a hiccup this weekend. Yeah, completely spot on. So, of course, Gold Coast right now are placed 11th on the ladder. But, of course, they're equal with Fremantle and Geelong on points. But their percentage is not great. So they're 100 on the dot. And yep. if they win... They go ninth, but they if they win by a lot, so Western Bulldogs, of course, is 28 points, but they have 101%. So they'll most likely, if they win on the weekend, they'll most likely go um, above Western Bulldogs. And I think Dogs are playing North Melbourne. So um, whether that's going to be a win, I'm not too sure. But um, 
Yeah, so it like it is a big game for Gold Coast as well because of course if they if they they don't want to let this one go either because this is very much a, like a winnable game from their end, but also we don't want this because seriously I think this if we if it goes bad this uh this match and and we find a way to lose it, this is going to have big um I guess just. I don't even know. Just it, it will result into something very, very poorly and um something that's gonna yeah. result in very bad stuff and very bad things for the club. Of course, now we'll move on to the Ruck battle. So of course this week we expect Pitnet to be back this week. So um Pitnet and Tom DeConning up against uh Witt, who has uh been been a little bit underrated, I reckon, this season. Um I think he's been behind yeah. I, I think a Tim English, um, who's been by far the best. Ruckman in the comp, but also he's probably on the same level as a Sean Darcy in in terms of form. Um, I reckon he's still had quite a consistent season. So, and of course, up against Levi Casbolt as the other second ruck. Um, but even like a Caleb Graham who might even come in for that. Um, to like if we were to be um to to go into the game with Pitt and TNK, maybe they bring in Graham to kind of match that size. But I think Casbolt is still very much. A solid um second ruck as we mentioned before. But Dave Boy with this uh ruck battle, uh what do you see happening? Um of course with Jared Witts, uh he's a very capable ruckman. Um what's his strengths? Um and what do you think we need to try and stop um from his end? His hit out work is by far probably the best in the league. He'd be up there with his hit out work. Obviously, English is more of that kind of Midfield ruck type, but I feel like with Wits, his hit out numbers are superb. Um, the fact that he used to play for Collingwood, um, the amount of rucks they've produced over the years. So, no, I think with Wits, I think he's like you said, he's underrated. I've always rated him pretty highly. Um, he's a perfect leader for them. Um, he, he still he's the captain, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's the captain. Um, and no, and I think he, I think he's really good. And it's going to be a tough task for Pito and TDK. Uh, hopefully Pito gets up because I think they'll that'll be a good matchup. And uh, those two going at it, especially hit outs wise. Um and then TDK can obviously um take on the cockroach casbolt. But <laughs> no, I think no, like I was saying before, obviously Levi's ruck work is pretty good around the ground as well. So we can't really take that lightly. Um but once again, another opportunity for TDK, although I think he will be out the door at the end of the year. Um yeah. I think I think it's a it's a big game and you know, I was reading comments going, oh, you know, the season's over. It doesn't matter, but it, it does still matter. As a Carlton supporter, you want to see this team win and, and show us something. So yeah. there's 10 more games. You can't be giving up yet. Yeah. You can't be giving up yet. So, no, but I, I think, you know, which is which is probably going to win the hit-out numbers, but I think it's a better out midfielders at the fall of all. Yeah, completely spot on. Um, I think with Pittnett and Wits, they're very much the same Ruckman, aren't they? Because I think, I think with Pittnett, he's very much... Um, I, I know that his strength is um, his hit-out work, and he's probably been one yeah. of the best in the competition when he actually gets out on the park. So um, I think it's going to be a really good con- um, a really good contest from that sense from Pitnet and Wits, but even TDK and Kasbolt. Um, I think TDK is definitely uh, a more agile ruckman, but I think Kasbolt can also be that stay-at-home, like like try and stay yeah. on the ground and actually use his body. Um, I think Casbolt will very much be used as when they throw it in and and that sort of battle because he can actually outbody him. Um, but yeah, I think from um, a wit sense, so he's of course the uh, the co-captain to I think Tuk Miller. I think Tuk Miller is still yep. the co-captain. But um, but yeah, I think even when Tuk Miller comes back in, I think Wits is still acts like that captain because know how with co-captains yeah. they kind of still have 
that yeah more of a leader. Um, I think yeah. Wits has kind of been around Gold Coast. I think I mean I don't know how many years it's been now, but he's been there for a very long time. Um, so I think he's been very much a loyal um player for Gold Coast because of course when they first started, um, he was uh there from either 2011, if not very very early, um in there. Um, career in the AFL. So, of course, now we move on to the forward line. Um, once again, Harry McCoy is seeming to find his um, yep. confidence back and Charlie Kerno needs to, once again, find a way to lift this week because last week he was quite uh, disappointing and he could have had a big night um, if he if his conversion, once again, conversion was a little bit um, yes. better. And, of course, they're coming up against Collins, who I still rate very highly. Um, I still think he's... Yep. I think it's just because they play for Gold Coast. That's the thing. Like they have yeah. so many great players. Um, and to actually be serious, like I think Rao, like even to touch on the midfield again, Rao and Anderson, they are fantastic players, and they still don't get enough um, talk about them just because they're out in Gold Coast and they're still very much capable. Um, and I think even when we touch on the start of the year, I think you chose to Camilla as your Brownlow medalist, and I think yeah. even if he was playing for a Collingwood or Carlton, he would be talked about yes. daily. And even yeah. he, well, like even with his injury, like no one's really talking about Tuke Miller and his injury. <laughs> um, so yeah, so of course to touch on the forward line, Harry Mackay and Charlie Kerno coming up against Collar, uh, Collins and Ballard. And Ballard is a very much a young, um, up and coming defender. Uh, he plays a lot like Marchbank. He's probably the one guy yes. that I yeah. think yeah. about. Um, he plays a lot like Marchbank. So of course he's kept, um, himself out on the park. So <laughs> with this with this matchup, Harry Harry McKay and Charlie Kerno up against Sam Collins and Ballard. How do you see this matchup playing out? I um I forgot how uh, Marge Bake plays. Uh, he hasn't been on the park for that long, but um, no, no, <laughs> I, I agree with Collins. Um, I think Ballard's good as well. I think Collins is that kind of uh, bigger body, yeah. uh, simplifies it, simple defense. You know, he takes his marks, doesn't try to take too much on, um, gives it to his runners down back, uh, whether it's Brandon Ellis or these other guys that come through. Like I said, those Gold Coast players that pop up out of nowhere and win them the game and you don't know who they are. Um, it, it's so weird. I think the Gold Coast, it, it actually works for them, I think, with the um, people not knowing some players in terms of mm. how they really are. Yeah. Um, I think with Raul and Anderson, they're just flying under the radar, which is helping. Yeah. So I feel like with a club like Carlton, you can't get away with anything. Yeah. Um, at all like whether you're 18 years old or 37 years old, you can't you can't get away with anything. But um, once again, like you look at these names, like Jesus Christ, like they should be getting it done really. But I feel like with the Gold Coast, uh, we struggle even last year against them. Um, early on, they were the one team that really will beat us early on in the year. Um, yeah. Them and who else beat us early in the year? Ah, uh, Fremantle. Yes, them and Fremantle early. Um, but I just feel like, yeah, they just had our number that game. Um, and I just, you know, there's something about them that doesn't make it enjoyable to play against. I don't know why, but yeah, like you said with Harry and Charlie, it's all about conversion and just giving them the opportunity uh, as well for our midfielders. Just hit them, please. And yeah. I want to see some structure where one of them's deep. Yeah. Like realistically, if we were smart, Mackay on Zerk Thatcher on the weekend, put him in the goal square. Put him in the goal square. Yeah. Like, right. just couldn't even go up the ground. Isolate yeah. him big time. Yeah. Um, which could have been done, wasn't done. Yeah. And that's on coaching too. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, is on them too. Like, whether you say the forward coach, Vossi's the big dog. He can make a choice and go put him in the goal square. Yeah. 
whether they like it or not. But in a, in a big occasion for the big big Harry's uh, 100th game. Yep. Um, and, and, you know, I think he's had a pretty good first 100 games. Um, he's a cold medalist. Uh, how many yep. people are cold medalists before their 100th game? Yeah. Not many. Not many. Not many. And he cops a lot of flack, but he's had a pretty good 100 games for my liking. Yeah, completely spot on. Um, especially well, like especially with Harry McCoy, like he's won a common and he, I think he won it when he yeah. was twenty three, but he's twenty five now, so he's so he's still got a hell of a lot of his career uh, um ahead of him. Um, to to just quickly just um touch on Harry McCoy's um hundredth game. Um, I know this is a bit tough because it's a bit off um the top of our heads, but if you were to name one moment from Harry McCoy, one of the moments that has made him the key forward that has made him himself today with all of his moments that he's had. What was the one? What's the one moment that you would say from um his end has been his milestone um moment that's turned him into a genuine key forward? Oh, I think for mine it was in uh, twenty nineteen when we versed the Dogs and he kicked five at Marvel and I think that was obviously we were zero and four, um and he was just taking marks everywhere and it was like me personally before he even played his first game he was playing in the vfl i was saying get him in get him in get him in like i was <laughs> like, so many people going like who is this guy da, 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 da. you know i was just like this guy is good trust me trust me trust me trust me now you know sometimes with those players they don't turn out to be the way they are yeah. but um that game uh where he just turned it on and just goes yes like i put so much time into this guy yeah. and so much trust in this man and um, that was a good game as well. Um, yeah. I know we weren't very good that year, but like I say, mate, like we're round 14. I'm telling you, if you win this week, I'm telling you that crowd will be, you know, rocking. I'm telling you, because there's nothing better than a win, whether you're bottom or top, like I said last week. And uh, hopefully they can get up for his 100th because the, the, the last few milestone games haven't been fantastic. Mm, completely spot on. Um, of course, I've just gone back to that game, of course, in uh, 2019. So, of course, Harry McKay was a leading goal kicker with four goals, three. And the next person behind him, the next leading goal scorer was, of course, the one only Levi Casbold. So, we'll <laughs> so he kicked three goals. The, um, he popped one. Remember, he popped one from about 50 on the pocket? Yeah. And he hit the fence. He banged the fence. So I could hear the fence from the other side of the ground. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, unbelievable. There were some times with Levi that he just would produce one of the greatest moments. And when he was like <laughs> 60 metres out, he would kick an absolute <laughs> banana. And I'd be like, what yeah. are you doing? And then he would um, somehow find a way to get there. Sorry. You go. What's, what's your, what's your favourite um, Harry Mackay moment? Oh, I reckon the one moment that probably comes to mind is probably the moment that kind of put his name on the map. And that was 2000, uh, 2021 uh, against Fremantle round three when he kicked yes. seven. Uh, I know yeah. a lot of people would say that, but that was probably, I mean, I would completely agree with you uh, with Harry Mackay when he kicked. Because he also, like he kicked four goals three, but he had 20 touches. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. He had a lot of t- like he had a lot of the ball as well. So but I think uh I think the one against Fremantle, that was just a freakish game. Um seven, seven goals five. Seven goals five, was it? <laughs> so he could have kicked twelve. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like uh, that's a well, that's a story of his career currently. It yeah. is. Uh, unfortunately, but yeah. Um if he gets enough goes at it, he'll he'll kick a bag. He'll yeah. kick a bag. hundred percent. Um but yeah, but then what like that's what I'm saying. Like you can still pretty much be saying like seven goals, that's pretty good in there. Yeah. modern game of AFL football, but mm. you don't really see 12 goals as often, but you also don't see seven goals as often either. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, Harry McKay, um, absolute um, privilege to, to kind of have him and um, on our list and to, 
call him our key forward um, alongside Charlie Kerno. It's pretty, it's pretty mouthwatering to kind of think about it from our sense as supporters. Cause I mean, we've been, we've been privileged to kind of see these guys grow up because this is kind of the two guys that we saw because we are quite young supporters that we genuinely invested yeah. into our club 2015, 2016. And this is when we saw these guys come through and, um, yeah, it's just been great and credit to them because also yep. like you can be drafted highly, you can be drafted into the mm-hmm. AFL football, but as soon as you get the opportunity, it's up to you if you want to make a career out of it. And these two have well and truly done that. So um, to, of course, now to touch on our last segment, of course, uh, match predictions, <laughs> it's, a bit, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a different feeling, <laughs> don't you, boy? Uh, I don't know why from my end, I don't know about you, but my feelings a little bit different. So um, of course, you can go first. So I'll get your best on ground, your point of difference, and your winner plus margin. <clears throat> okay. Um, best on ground, the guy we're just talking about. I want Big Harry to kick seven on a, on his 100th game. Yeah. Uh, sunny MCG day, snapping it from everywhere, popping it from 60, and he's letting everyone know, you know, fuck you, I'm Harry Mackay. Uh, <laughs> he'll be best on ground. Point of difference. Um, it's going to be David Cunningham for me. Um, I think he's someone we need up forward and also in the midfield. He fills two holes in a sense. Yeah. Um, he's quite he's got like pace. We're lacking pace currently, and it's annoying. I hate being a slow team because we were quite fast last year. Yeah. So um he'll be he'll be my point of difference and the winner plus margin. I've got Carlton by 47 points. <laughs> What is it? I said, said, you know, we've been talking about it, both of us. Conversion has been our issue. This week it changes and we're going to kick 17 goals, three or four, all right? The MCG. (laughs) And the Suns, Stewie Jew, will be off off on his first flight back to the fucking sunny Gold Coast, all right? (laughs) (laughs) So my my one question to that, is what have you seen in the past 10 weeks that has made you think that the conversion will change in one week and see it on Sunday uh, at one tender? Um, no, I've heard some rumours that um, Ash Hansen took the boys down to the park the other day and um, they had to kick 100 shots in a row uh, before they <laughs> fucked off. So they finished at about 4am, so they finally <laughs> They finally uh, kicked hundred in a row. So, no, nah, no, nah, seriously, I think I think it turns this week, and um, we uh, beat up on the Goldie or the G. Yeah, but that's exactly what it is. Is like Gold Coast is stepping into our territory. That's the yep. thing. They don't, they don't play at the G. They haven't played at the G all all year. They don't yep. play at it often, and they've never played against us at the G. So yep. this is like act like it's our territory, and we send them back to their territory. That's really. I want them to treat it like that, um, but yeah, I, like I actually kind of can agree with you in some sense because we're kicking six goals sixteen. So if we can yeah. just switch that around and and have sixteen six, that's yeah. and that's what we saw last year. We were so yeah. accurate in front of goal, um, and yeah, that's just the one thing that I can really put my finger on it. It's just conversion and just pressure in front of goal. Um, But yeah, I'll touch on my uh, match predictions very quickly. So best on ground, I've gone Jacob Wiedering. Um, uh, Yeah, that's a, that's a bit of a different one, I think, but I think especially up against the King, 
Um, I think I'm going to be very nervous, but also he might also go against Casbolt, as we touched on earlier in the episode. Um, he might switch, but even if he does go to one of them, I want him to stay on that one forward and keep him goalless. Yep. Give him a sniff at the footy. Just You yep. just keep on this one player, staying in for, for the whole game, because they shift and they yeah, yeah. much, I think. And I, I'm not a fan of that. Yep. I'm not a fan. No, no. Um, so I just think that Wiedering has to, whoever Voss chooses, he needs to um, say, Wiedering, you're going to go to this guy. You lock him down. You do not let him touch the football. Don't let him have a goal. And if he kicks a goal, oh, well, it, I would much rather have Tazball kick one goal than have him absolute dominate and kick three or four. So um, point of difference, completely agree with you, David Cunningham. Um, I think he's the big guy that last year we still had the pace, but of course he didn't play at all last year, but yeah. we've just very much been missing his, I guess, just football IQ. Um, mm. Even on the VFL on the weekend, I was seeing some highlights and I was watching yeah. the, the first three quarters and he just, he just, he's, he's fine stuff in the end. He, yeah. he seems that, well, what, he had 27 touches on the weekend in the VFL, but it seemed like <laughs> he almost had 40. His game was that good. So yeah. he was by far the best player on the ground. So mm. it's just football IQ. He likes to look into the corridor, um, likes to look into the corridor and find some stuff rather than yep. just kind of just go back way. to the and long and long and deep, just kind of try and find a way to get it in so that key forwards can have an easy shot. But yep. oh, win pass margin, <laughs> that boy. So I have said from day dot, ever since we started playing shit, I want them to prove us wrong. I I want us to I want them to go out there on game day and show us that you can play good football. Last week we didn't see it. So my winner pass margin. Oh, I've got the Carlton Blues by 20 yes, points. I've got yes. the Blue Baggers. This is the this yeah. is the game yeah. that it's well, it's only 20 points. You put 90 uh, 90 points there. I should probably put 90 <laughs> points there. But 20 points, routine win, get the confidence yep. up against a good siding Gold Coast. We aren't we aren't going into this match being uh, disrespecting the opponent. We never do. Um, Gold Coast are a very good side. Um, I think we are favourites right now. I don't know if that will change um, on Sunday, yep. but right now we are favourites. Um, so realistically, we should win. That's the thing. So um, I, I'm just not too sure how we are favourites, but... <laughs> Um, yeah, there must be something that that the AFL community must see in the Carlton Football Club that this is the week. But we've been saying it for so long for, <laughs> for so many weeks. We just need to see a change. And I don't know if this is just going to be a one-off where we win by 20 or 25 and the next week um, after the bye where shit against Hawthorne. I'm not too sure. We can't predict the future. But um, I don't know. I just am looking forward to once again seeing the Blues um, on Sunday, Arvo at one ten. Um, at the MCG in front of our, let's hope we get a big crowd. That's yeah, no, I think it will be. No, I'm backing in. I'm backing yeah. in at 45, 50. I'm backing yeah. in. I think I know a lot of people, and you know, fair enough. Like we've had talks about why the hell am I going? Yeah. Um, but I think people will go. We'll be there. Yeah. We'll be there. We'll back. I mean, I think that's a statement. Like um, Paul from Blue Abroad tweeted out. He said. I know people want to boycott it, but what kind of message does that send? Yeah, I think I think a yeah. message is more getting 50-60. Yeah, um, imagine, imagine yeah. how good that'd be. All of us at the G, no Gold Coast fans. It's like mm. a fortress. It'd just be mm. us. Yeah, um, moaning when we kick six goals, seventeen. Yep. <laughs> but, uh, no, 
No, I think I think we win this week. I think the tide turns a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, completely spot on. Um, and even when like you sent me that tweet, I was just like, I completely agree because um yeah. like yes, we're kind of expecting for Carlton supports to not really show up just because it is a, a game against Gold Coast, but also it's a game against Gold Coast. They aren't gonna bring many supporters anyway. No. So if we could just make it sixty thousand um at the G, every single blue bag, if you were free on Sunday, yeah. Even if you can leave at halftime, up to you. But if you can just get down there at 110 and support these boys, I just don't know. Because they might actually be quite worried about that, being worried yeah. about yeah. 50,000, 20,000. And then they might walk out to a big roar and they might yeah. be like, shit, this, this is going to pump us up. And we've given them so many chances. But yeah. that's the thing. We love this club to death and we always wish them the best. And we always just hope the best for them. So that's just why I just want to see a lot of Carlton supporters down there. I know you're going to be there. I know I'm going to be yep. there. We're always going to be there every single week. Yep. Um, and we completely understand why Carlton supporters don't want to go because they just don't want to waste their money. Completely, completely understand. But um, we just can't turn away. And unfortunately, it's like a, it's like a disease. It's like a, it's like a, yeah. I don't even, it's a, like an addiction where we just can't turn away from this club. So of course, for the episode, that is it. So, Daffy Boy, is there anything else you want to touch on for the episode before we wrap it up? We're addicted to pain. <laughs> <laughs> we are addicted to pain. That's all I'm going to say. That is all yep. I'm going to say. Completely spot on. Well said. Short and sharp. Completely <laughs> love it. Completely spot on. So, um, of course, to all the blue baggers out there, uh, make sure to like, comment, subscribe. Um, we try and say it every single week um, to try and back these uh, players in. I know it's very tough to back them in, um, but of course it's just for the love of the Navy blue. It's the, for the monogram. Um, every single time that I kind of pass, whether it's a car with a car sticker on it, whether it's a person like a hat, like you're wearing right now, Daffy boy with a hat yeah. um, with a monogram, just anyone who kind of just showcases the navy blue. It makes me proud to be a supporter, um, yeah. and yeah. it just—it's just a small thing where I just want us to be successful. And we say it t- towards the end of every single episode. We always say it. We just want the very best for these players, and they deserve it, and we deserve yeah. it. Like the supporters yeah. deserve it so much because we put our hard-earned money towards the club. Will they just—they deserve it more than, of course, us supporters because the Carlton Football Club is so much more than this. Like, yeah. we need to bring Carlton back to where they were, and that's us being the powerhouse of Australian rules football. That's what it is. Yeah. Like, we need to try and get back to that. So, yeah. So make sure to all the viewers and all the listeners on Spotify and whatever podcast um, podcast platform you're listening on, make sure to like, come subscribe. I'm um, trying to share the channel around. Um, and to you, Duffy Boy, and to all the blue baggers out there. Up the, the baggers. baggers.